Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. And today's podcast is brought to you by my latest book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life. What is unlearning anxiety and depression? Well, what if everything you thought you knew about anxiety and depression was wrong? What if instead of mental illnesses or emotional disorders, anxiety and depression are simply habits? Now, you already know about habits. Habits are learned, and habits can be broken or unlearned. This idea might surprise you, but the truth about anxiety, depression, and emotional struggle, it isn't complicated. This book will teach you to unlearn your habits of anxiety and depression, and then Coach yourself to do it. So today I thought I'd do something a little bit different from my traditional podcast format. I got a very interesting email from a person I'm going to call Sally. And Sally wanted some advice, some self-coaching advice on a struggle that he, she was experiencing. And in my exchange with Sally, I thought this would make for a pretty good podcast. And so I'm going to try it on for size. You could see what you think. If you like it, you could let me know. And if you don't like it, well, sorry. Sorry. But uh, before getting into Sally's email, if you have something that you would like me to address in these podcasts, please, you can reach me through my selfcoaching.net website contact section. Or my email, which is selfcoachinghelp, one word, at AOL.com. So let me tell you what was on Sally's mind. And I'll go through the exchange with you, and we'll see what we can derive from this. So according to Sally, I've struggled with low self-esteem, substance abuse, ADD, fits of rage, late night and early morning, gut-wrenching bouts of tears, and so on, for years. I know lots of people have suffered during the pandemic, but I feel I've been singled out to go through hell and just doesn't seem like there's any light at the end of the tunnel. My husband left me right before the pandemic. I moved to a new town to reinvent myself. I struggled to find a decent paying job that paid bills, despite what they call the lowest unemployment in history. I had seven different part-time jobs that year, and I ended up having to move back home with my parents. I fought with my parents all the time. And then the worst happened. My father passed away which I have tremendous guilt over regarding our constant bickering during that last year. Now I'm unemployed yet again due to foolish pride in not wanting to take a low hourly job 
that's beneath me. But I'm about to have to bite the bullet, and I'm going to have to do it. I'm stuck in my hometown, which lacks plentiful jobs compared to the big cities I've lived in previously. And I'm living with my mom, who just turned 85 and needs assistance dealing with matters around the house. I don't have any children, and I could move to a city that has better possibilities, a better economy, and a variety of jobs. But I realize mom's health and happiness takes precedence over everything else. I'm 49 years old and I feel stuck. I've stagnated for a long time, too long. And I feel I'm not improving. I'm not getting wiser as I grow older. My history of job hopping and lack of career path has brought tremendous depression in my life. Ever since graduating college back in 1999, I still don't know what I want to do or be, and I truly hate the situation I'm in. I constantly ruminate over this and have lost the essence of self-trust that you often mention in your podcasts. I know life throws us curveballs, but I never thought I'd be in this situation I'm currently in at 49 years old. So, to break it down for you and to keep it simple, I need help dealing with my anger and myself and close people around me. My dad was very well respected throughout our community and was a good father who provided me and my brother with all we needed to succeed and more. Unfortunately, he had a ferocious temper that people outside our family rare, rarely saw. And when I say ferocious, I'm talking Jack Nicholson in The Shining, without the hatchet, of course. He never physically abused us, but when he snapped, it was scary. I can't blame Dad for my faults, but I've got the same damn temper. I explode on friends and family way too often. And I'm losing close friends, friends I've known for years over minor disagreements. I blame it on being angry with the world, but really, I'm extremely frustrated with the poor choices I've made, and I guess I'm mad at myself. Oftentimes, I seem to bite the hand that feeds me, my friends and family. I always have tremendous guilt the day after an explosion, but due to my reflexive knee-jerk reactions, I make minor disagreements and confrontations far worse. Unfortunately, I go from zero to 10 on the anger scale way too easily and rarely catch myself when it's still somewhat containable. I'm wired hot like my dad. And due to my fragile ego, I ruminate over slights people give me. I know this is unacceptable behavior, and I know it needs to be stopped the moment I'm aware of it, but that happens only after the explosion and not during its escalation. I know I need to develop better coping habits, but easier said than done. Any advice on this matter would be much appreciated. I'm not sure you've covered this 
in one of your podcasts, but perhaps anger, rage issues would be a good topic for your podcast audience. Suffering with the same affliction. Sorry for the novel, and thank you so much for being the voice of reason in the sea of insanity for many of us going through these times. Sincerely, Sally. I mean, Sally, Sally did a great job articulating the essence of her struggle. So let me go over some of the responses I had to her question and struggle. Now, with any anger issue, it's important to be aware that, that anger, especially volatile anger, is the end result of being frustrated, especially a frustrated sense of self. And frustration usually incorporates a good deal of stress. So as stress accumulates over time, we become rather primed, if you will, for aggressive behavior, for losing control. And it is that frustration with self that is the precursor. Now, a lot of people want tools and suggestions for handling the anger, but I need to come at it from a different self-coaching perspective. Because, you know, rather than the Band-Aid approach of, well, counting your breaths, leaving the room, doing things like that, which are all very good Band-Aid approaches, but they don't get at the motor. And the motor has to do with what led up to the anger. And that's what I wanted to reflect in my response to Sally. And one of the things that you and Sally need to know is that aggressive behavior can be looked at as a form of control, especially if someone is feeling impotent or powerless. Think of it as a compensatory way to kind of puff yourself up, become bigger than life. Now, why would you need to become bigger than life? Well, if you have a diminished sense of self, and all of a sudden, all that stress and accumulated frustration leads to I need to take charge of this situation. And sometimes you need, that means to dominate, to become aggressive, to become hostile. So puffing yourself up, you know, the porcupine fish or the puffer fish, these little critters, they, they actually blow themselves up to many times their size by putting air into their, I guess, their bellies. And then they become this spiked ball that who would want to eat so a lot of times we puff ourselves up as a defense. And with hostility and aggressive anger, of course, we are taking charge of a situation by force. Now, that is the opposite of what causes this. That is the diminished sense of self and self-esteem. So it's going from zero to 10, as Sally said in her note and taking charge. So it's essential that you work on the stress component, the precursor. Now, in Sally's case, there's no question that Sally's handling many very realistic, legitimate challenges, but she wasn't helping the situation. Quite the contrary. Sally was piling on, making things worse. Sally's pessimism and insecurity was clouding are difficult life circumstances and making them unwieldy. 
I mean, there's no question that when human beings are facing legitimate challenges, difficulties, these are stressful, oftentimes anxiety-producing. But when insecurity kind of envelops these circumstances, then it becomes unwieldy. And that's where we start to pile on. That's where we start to put ourselves in that chronic state uh, or hair trigger state where you're one step away from exploding or melting down because basically you're taking difficult, challenging situations and you are making them unwieldy with your pessimism, negativity, fear, doubt. Now for Sally, if you're listening to this, Sally, you're only 49 years old. Take a deep breath and stop feeling victimized and do this by recognizing that your insecurity-driven pessimism, it's not only making you feel hopeless, but worse, defeated. Just reading through your note made me feel like, you know, you're a person that's saying, you know, there's, there's no way out. I'm hopeless. My history is just being repeated. And circumstances are contributing to that, no doubt. But, and there is a but here, you need to cultivate a more positive, optimistic outcome. Don't say you've tried. So, Sally, if you can't risk optimism, then please, at the very least, try to neutralize your insecurity-driven projections. Those projections and expectations just try to neutralize them. I mean, maybe optimism is a bridge too far, and it probably is if you're so mired in your pessimism. But optimism and pessimism are choices. So you're stuck in your pessimism. But the glue that sticks you to your pessimism is insecurity. You have a choice. So maybe you can't say, well, I'm going to figure this out. It's going to be okay. Maybe you can't get there, but at least neutralize it. Just say, I don't know. I'm going to stay neutral. I'm not going to accept negativity, at least not for now. You need to release yourself from the insecurity-driven prison that you've created. And you need to begin to let life unfold. And this is the key. So for Sally and anyone else struggling with this kind of victimization, recognize that you need the right attitude. You need to let go of feeling victimized and powerless by life. And you need to harness a more courageous attitude. I mean, life doesn't bring us to our knees. We do. There's always a way. And keep in mind that opportunity or a sense of renewed direction it's not going to find you if you're sulking if you're conceding to your reflexive insecurity you're not open to that you know energy is energy if your energy is being depressed you're not going to see opportunity when it knocks you're only going to see further confirmation that life is hopeless and only by believing in yourself, and that is without insecurity, that's the key. 
So you've got to start believing in yourself, the self that is separate from the cloud of insecurity. It's a leap of faith. I mean, I can't, I can't give you specifics, and it may feel risky to simply believe in yourself. You know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to be fine. You know, it just doesn't fit. Well, you're not used to it. You know, it's not your habit of thinking. And it will seem artificial at first. But you have to work at it. And you have to keep trying it on for size. Because it happens to be true. You can believe in yourself. It's just an attitude, a shift in perspective. It's looking through a mirror that's not contaminated by insecurity. And why not? Why can't you believe in yourself? Get insecurity out of the way. Let life unfold. And as they say in AA, AA, let go, let God. doesn't have to be a religious God. It could be secular. Let go and let life unfold. I don't care what you call it. God, fate, self with a capital S. That's the key, though, believing in yourself. Notice that everything that Sally wrote, and if you're struggling with anxiety, depression, etc., it's hard to believe that you can prevail, especially with depression or ruminative anxiety or panic attacks. It's hard to believe. But in spite of the wave that's pressing against you of insecurity, why not? Why can't you be okay? Of course you can. There's always a way. For the person that's willing to harness optimism, there's always a way. As I always say in my podcast, if you can't get in the front door, try the side door or the back door or a window. There's always a way. That's what life is all about. Yeah, we get thwarted, but you see, those that get defeated turn away from the house. They never get inside. They turn away and walk away sulking. There's always a way. If you want to get into that house, and let's say getting into that house is getting into the real self, the real you, the uncontaminated you, then you have to have the energy that comes from the optimism that keeps you looking for which door will let you in. Pessimism is already walking away from getting inside yourself. You've already concluded there's no way, no hope. But it's just a belief. Optimism is a belief. Pessimism is a belief. It's what you choose to believe in. So Sally and anyone with similar concerns that seem to be reflected by Sally's note, I wish you well. If insecurity is driving your psyche and you're sitting in the back seat, don't you think it's time to get up front, to grab that steering wheel by not letting insecurity make the choices of your life, the false, fictitious choices that you just willy-nilly adhere to? Why do we do that? Why do we succumb to insecurity's pronouncements? I'm not okay. I'll never get out of this rut. I can't succeed. I'll never get a job. Those are voices of immaturity. They are voices of insecurity. We're looking for psychological maturity. What psychological maturity? Glad you asked. 
Psychological maturity is the capacity, the belief to handle life. That's all it is. That doesn't mean you don't have fears. Doesn't mean you don't get upset once in a while. Doesn't mean you don't have moods, anxious or depressed moods. It means that ultimately you handle what life throws at you and you get to the other side. Now it's going to take time. For you, Sally, and for anyone else, it's going to take time if you're struggling. You, If you are struggling, understand that you have capitulated to the habits of insecurity-driven thinking, and habits are resistant to change. We need to unlearn these habits, and that takes patience. But patience plus belief. You have to believe that where you're headed is worth the struggle. If you are absolutely convinced that you can be okay, that you could find happiness and solace, if you're okay with that, if you can grasp that, you'll be patient enough to follow through with what's necessary. To practice challenging insecurity-driven thinking, the doubts, the fears, the negativity, Starts out with one thought at a time. You catch yourself. And Sally, just one last note. I just want to reflect back to when you said you just uh, catch yourself. Or you, I'm sorry, you said you can't catch yourself until after the explosiveness has passed. Well, that may be true. And that's why with patience, I want you to not be so concerned with the moments of explosion right now. Because you need to be concerned with the motor. What's generating the stress, the frustration, the negativity? And that's the insecurity-based habits of thinking. So little by little, start to rearrange your thoughts. Become conscious of the self-inflicted wounds that you, you give yourself every single day. I'm no good. I can't do this. I'll never. These are self-inflicted wounds. And they just lead to bigger, bigger problems. Unlearning anxiety, depression, and emotional struggle? Well, with patience, if you're willing to risk believing in yourself, you can do this. Anyone can do this. I often say it's not rocket science. When you understand the fundamental essence of habit formation, that insecurity is a habit, and we feed it or we starve it. And if you suffer, if you struggle, you've been inadvertently feeding your insecurity-driven thinking slash habit. Time to start breaking these habits. Start to reclaim your life, the life that you were meant to have. We're not inventing something new here. We're shedding the envelope of insecurity that has you encased. We're liberating you to the life potential that's within you. It really is. It's there. You can do this. So that's about it. That's my new format. I'd like to try this again. So if you if you have a particular struggle that you'd like me to address, give you some self-coaching advice, please, again, once more, selfcoachinghelp at aol.com or through my website, selfcoaching.net contact section. And if you're at selfcoaching.net, take a look at some of my other books. 
some of my philosophy, my blogs, my podcasts, etc. All my podcasts are listed on my my website, by the way, so you can go through the archive and find particular topics that appeal to you at selfcoaching.net. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it really isn't an option. By definition, victims are powerless, and you're not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So join me every week. What do you say we make it simple together? Believe in yourself. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your heart. This is your way. Life is what you make of it. Believe in yourself. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your heart.